Hello and welcome to Uber Neuro, the podcast that seeks to spotlight amazing people with various neurodiversities. As most of you know, if you're regular listeners to the show, uh, I started this podcast to help my son, uh, who's 13 and diagnosed recently with autism, as well as ADHD, PDA, and a few other bits and pieces to help him realize that his future isn't written and there are amazing people out there with a whole range of different neurodiverse challenges and they are able to move forwards and crush it in their own fields in whatever way works for them and by whatever measure they uh, assess success and happiness and it's a really important series to me and I'm delighted today to introduce a young man who I've come to know recently uh, through business networking um, and his name is Joe Stoll. Joe, are you there? I am. Morning. Hello. Morning. Morning. Hello. How are you today? Yeah, doing okay, thanks. How are you getting on? I'm doing okay too. I always always remind myself one of my favourite quotes is uh, uh, everything will be okay in the end uh, and if it's not the end, if it's not okay, it's not the end. And uh, I like it. Absolutely. So um, thank you for being on the show. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about our three usual questions. Um, and let's dive straight in, if that's okay. I'm not going to reveal anything about you. It'll all come out in, in our conversation, of course. So question one is, what challenge did you face, Joe? Well, when I was, uh, when I was at school, it was... Um things like things like uh, social interaction were very difficult for me um i spent a lot of my school years and still am as undiagnosed and have uh lots of conversations with my mum who works a lot with young kids who are also undiagnosed um and a lot of it was down to me just being <laughs> In, in sort of slightly high functioning in terms of I I always was too old for my time and I think a lot of it stemmed from my uh, my lack of diagnosis um, right. you know a lot lots of lots of I found it very hard to make friends and a lot of people looked at me and thought you know he's 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 not like the rest of us um, it also made my life difficult in the classroom because, you know, I was uh, very disruptive and some of it was probably because I was a naughty kid, but a lot of it I think was because I didn't get the support that I probably should have had. If I was, if I was, you know, at school now at 10, 11, 12, 13, now I would have or would have had a lot more support than I had. And I would have, um, probably been less disruptive in the classroom. That's not to say I didn't achieve, but I achieved very well. But I probably could have excelled even further should I have had that support. Amazing. That's a common. It's a common story uh, that we hear, and one that re- I relate to massively, Joe. Because you know, as a young man, I was very disruptive. Every school report I ever had said uh, could do better, must stop fidgeting you know i was constantly distracted easily distracted my attention span was that frankly of a gnat you know i didn't i couldn't really focus and and i agree with you you know if i were a child today i'm sure i would be uh perceived differently and treated differently but you know i think that's part of the wonder of the last sort of 10 20 years is that kids i think kids today are, are exposed to teachers who are much more aware of 
the myriad of challenges, neurodiverse and otherwise, that can affect them. And, and I think that's a really good thing because, you know, I think it causes mental anguish if those things aren't recognised. You know, it must have been quite, re it must be really difficult for you in that regard. Yeah, it's, um, it is. I think, I think when you're, when you become an adult, as it were, um, you learn to be rational and certain, you learn, I, I try and go along in my life as it's not me, it's them. But when you're a kid, obviously yeah. it's you it's not them so you yeah. want to you know of course everyone at school wants to be the most popular wants to be perceived as the coolest you know guy or girl or whatever wants to have the most friends um which i i think when you're you know before you hit your teenage years it's a very different um for the very different reasons but it affected me most in my teenage years you know when you know when people started going out, you know, going on nights out and, and uh, interacting and socialising as big groups. And I was always the one that was left out and could never understand why, you know, it, you know, I could never understand why I was left out. You know, I didn't, as a, as a kid, you have lots of self-pity and you feel you don't deserve it and you get very upset. But I think a lot of it stemmed from me alienating myself at school yeah. from the lack of diagnosis and support that I had and obviously you know when you're disruptive in the classroom as a kid you're perceived as being annoying and no one wants to hang around with the annoying kids because <laughs> it's not cool of course. you know it, it, it's a vicious it's it's a vicious circle um so that and you know obviously as I then grew older that then affected me in other ways and I and I found it very self-confidence became a real issue um so I think, you know, now in my life, still undiagnosed, but I go along, I just go along in life thinking, do you know what, I'm okay. You know, it's, I, I'm yeah. okay. Um, you know, maybe I am slightly different, but I've got a lot of qualities that people that are in inverted commas normal might not have. So I use them to my advantage rather than thinking of it as a disadvantage. Yeah, and I think, I think that's an interesting journey that most people go through. I think um, the the reality is that it, there's a lot of self-blaming. Um, you know, I think I think we all kind of start off thinking it's us. Yes, um, absolutely. And, and Especially when we're young and we're not yeah, rational. Yeah. And, and well, absolutely. You know, when we're growing, uh, you know, it's easier to think it's us. Um, and I think that that is quite damaging. Um, and, you know, certainly one of the journeys I think my family's been on is, helping my son realize it's not him it's just a part of how he operates and society isn't particularly well set up to cater with that now that doesn't mean he should change any more than it means society should change now he's adapting and society adapts society is changing in front of our very eyes into a much you know kinder society there will always be assholes uh, you know i saw evidence of that this week with somebody else in, in the neurodiverse universe where you know someone was trolling them i mean what an astonishing thought but and, those um, people are out there those people are out there yeah they are and, and a lot of people who know me know that i'm not on social media i mean i use facebook um but i'm not or and i use twitter but for the news but i'm not on things like instagram or snapchat simply because because i am not mainstream i take myself away from things like social media to avoid 
um, to avoid having, you know, I think the, the only way I can put it is a bit of a brain overload. You know, I think when you suffer yeah. with neurodiverse, you know, uh, conditions, it's very, very easy to have brain, you know, to have a brain overload. Absolutely. That's, that's when people then get upset. So I remove myself, I remove the possibility of having things like that simply yes. so uh, I don't have to suffer things like trolling and stuff, you know, things where people write comments that are, you know, upsetting. So I, I you know, I, I agree things like trolling, you know, they do happen and they do have a massive effect on people. Yeah. But, um, but I, think, I think your approach is right. I think, I think you develop, you know, we're developing as a family coping mechanisms and under, we understand more now and we know not to, you know, press at a certain point because we understand the process that's happening. Um, and it's an emotional one. There's a very, as a really lovely lady I interviewed previously called Kelly, who runs Born Anxious, said, you know, it's, it's an emotional event, not a behavioral one. Yeah, absolutely. Not, absolutely. Um, when you, and when you, and when you realize it's an emotional event, not a behavioral one, you treat it with kindness <coughs> as opposed to with punishment, you know, stop misbehaving. Well, yeah, I, I agree. You, know, and, you, you um, wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, someone in emotional distress at a funeral, you wouldn't say to them, oh, come on stop misbehaving it would be absurd so a child having an overload moment you know it's not a behavioral thing and i think but but obviously you grew up in an era where you just had to learn to cope with that so yeah you know, you know i was so, lucky i was lucky that i was privately educated so you know classes were a lot smaller and and, the, and school was a lot smaller but that doesn't take away the fact that the staff within the organization just didn't understand me so you know they 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 would think i would be they would think that i'm misbehaving but really i'm just having a bit of a mini i'm having a bit of a a, a bit of a mini meltdown you know it's, yeah. it's very very small things um and i'm sure you'll know from your son the smallest of things that wouldn't affect people mainstream affect me massively um and you know it gets to it you know it 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 it, it gets to it you know it used to get to a point where i i couldn't cope and you know i would then lose my temper and but lose my temper on myself you know not lose my temper you know not go around hitting people but you know go around mentally beating myself up which of course when you're when you're a kid no no one deserves to go through that you no, know it's no, no, and no question you know, I always had my mum, luckily, and my mum always understood that it wasn't me being naughty. It was me not being able, it was me not being able to cope emotionally that, that is, that was the problem. You know, I'm not naughty. I mean, you know me, Al, by, by nature, I'm a kind, very kind, yes, charming person. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a naughty, misbehaving kind of kid. Um, no. So, yeah, okay. I, I certainly agree. Okay, so what happened next? I mean, obviously, you you went through teenage years. You started, um, uh, you know, you obviously started to build coping mechanisms. Um, and as you've grown up, those coping mechanisms have emerged. So, so what were there any specific things that changed you or gave you that different perspective? Yes, there were. Um... I I spent a lot. I did a lot of my own thinking time. So there there are there are some things that I look at uh, and and did to cope. You know, 
it sounds very, very trivial, but for me, um, for me, I used to do, I watch a lot of TV. So that, that's the way that I, I learn to cope because I, it takes away, um, not reality, but, but it takes you away from the chaos of life, which yeah. causes brain overload. Um, and it brings you back to sitting and just sitting quietly. And, and I'm a, I'm, I very much enjoy my own company. So, you know, when I'm busy and I'm running around, it's great. But then yeah. there are times, like if you ask my girlfriend in the evenings, I like to sit on my iPad for a couple of hours before I go to bed and just watch a bit of TV and, and just have a bit of my own headspace because the chaos yeah. of life I find very difficult to to cope with um so for me that really was um has been over the last few years my my main coping mechanism really okay. um you know and i've also i've always had dogs so you know i very much enjoy looking after the dog you know obviously that that unconditional love that no that not judgment that you're weird you're annoying you're different you know it's just an unconditional love and that 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 has been a massive coping mechanism in my life as well oh, and i think that's the key you've got to find what coping mechanisms work for you don't you yeah ultimately. yeah absolutely um, yeah and so where are you now joe tell us tell us uh how, how life is today and how you cope today and tell us what you do today so today i'm a I'm a business owner. I run two businesses um, and I work a lot on my own. So I get my own, my own time, which helps me cope. And I also am out and about a lot, which means I also get to enjoy a bit of the hustle and bustle of life and chaos of life, but get to take myself away from it as and when I want to. So, um, you know, I, I didn't go to university. I, you know, I wasn't a, I wasn't in a, in a place emotionally to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, for, for people that have been or are in the same position as me, you know, there is, there is no norm. There is no, this is the process of life. You know, there is, yeah. you must go to school. You must get your A-levels. You must go to university. Otherwise you're not going to make any money and you're not going to be a success in whichever field you wish to go down but you know from someone that's done it firsthand recently within the last sort of eight ten years there is no process of life you can be successful without being in inverted commas normal if that even exists <laughs> anymore so, I, I, I actually yeah. think to be honest joe i think i think to be successful the last thing you want to be is normal <laughs> in whatever uh, context normal is because by definition normal is the same as everything else so you know if you want to be successful i think you have to be different than normal you have to be exceptional and that's why i started uber neuro because for me actually um uber neuro is about superheroes you know most of the people I'm meeting and speaking to have a have a different power. You know, they really do. Um, so, do you know what your power is, Joe? What's your superpower? I think my power is. I think one of the best qualities of me is I'm old before my time. So I'm Amazing. I'm I'm not the average, and I never have been. You know, I'm not the average twenty-five-year-old. Yeah. You know. I don't, and, and it's, a, it's a big blanket stereotype, but you know, you, you, you don't find me going out drinking on a Saturday night. <laughs> you, you know, you, you don't, you don't. Me neither. Find me, 
you know, you don't find me in the clubs. You don't find me, you know, yeah. what you'll do is you'll find me sitting and watching Only Fools and Horses back to back, reciting <laughs> the words, you know. And I think, nice. you know, I think for me, that's a super, you know, a superpower. I think a lot of people in my adult life actually find it very endearing rather yeah, than, sure. um, you know, a lot of, I think being young these days is very, very difficult and it will only get harder. And yeah. I think a lot of people actually think, wow, he's, he is a relatively young man, but he's very, very switched on. And he's, you know, he is very articulate. He is very intelligent. He's very polite. Um, he's very savvy. And I think it all stems from my uber neurodiversity. I don't think I would be, I think I would be a very different person if I hadn't have been of course. the odd one out at school or the weird kid or whatever you want to call it. So for me, that's my amazing. superpower. Definitely. Amazing. Amazing. Well, look, uh, it's been amazing chatting, Joe. Uh, it's really in interesting to hear your journey and your story. And uh, and having known you as well, it's going to be interesting to watch you, your next couple of decades and to see what life you can build because you've already done a really good job. So thank you for joining us, Joe. I'm very grateful. Thank you for having me, Al. It's been a pleasure. No worries. Well, for everyone listening, thank you for listening. Um, and uh, do uh, stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on one of the eight or nine platforms we're on, including the Apple US store. Um, do me one other favor. Please like, comment and share. Share the hell out of this because somewhere a 13-year-old boy thinks it's his fault. And it isn't his fault and he's not alone and he's got a wonderful life ahead of him, just like my son. So for the love of everything that you care about, share the hell out of this. Make sure we can get to as many people as possible so they know it's not just them. And so that we can try and help them discover their superpower. So that's uh, all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for joining Uber Neuro. Joe, one last thanks to you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And everybody else, uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>